0: You are listening to How to Rewrite Your Stars, the podcast that is all about helping you to change those stubborn patterns that seem as firm as the constellations in the sky. Here, you'll find people just like you, sharing their stories of triumph, courage, and hope. How they were able to rewrite the stars in their own life. This is the show for you if you've been looking for that person who overcame whom you can relate to, or if you're looking for the tools to be able to change your own story. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, a life coach and mentor who's been working on self-mastery since I was nine years old. Join me now as I welcome another phenomenal guest to have them share their story with us today. Today's episode is sponsored by Starlight Mentoring. Welcome back to another week of How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, joined today by Molly Jaeger. And I think I got your name right there, yes?
1: Both all of the above, Jaeger, Jagger, Jaeger. I accept it all.
0: <laughs> awesome. Depends on where you like to know your history from, right? Right. Because it, it, it looks and sounds Swedish to me, right? Or like Norwegian or it's German. It's oh, German. okay. You know okay.
1: Jägermeister?
0: I don't, but that the drink, sounds German. It, it,
1: it means hunter German. Uh, Jäger. Oh,
0: I knew that. It was in the dark recesses of my mind, but I knew yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, my grandmother's German, so we have a common bond there. Cool. Awesome. Well, Molly Yeager is a mind-body expert and pain relief specialist. She's been working in the area of mind-body movement, creativity, and personal growth for over a decade. Her mission is to show people that they aren't broken and they don't need fixing by helping them to tap into the power they already have within them. She's developed a unique self-coaching method that helps each person embody the change they want excited because we aren't broken. We just have little pieces here and there that need a little upgrading and realize Mm. that we, most of it's, we kind of trashed ourselves earlier. Right.
1: Often. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one way to put it. And in fact, um, funny that you say it in that particular way, because a lot of these things, not exclusively, but a lot of things start to come out for people after they turn 40 (laughs) That seems to be like the line of okay, you need to pay attention now because I've done a lot of work keeping us going for a while. And body says, Time to, you know, take note. Right. (laughs) I need some help.
0: (laughs) Well, well, and you know, I'm 25 and I have all my friends that are, you know, roughly my age or maybe a little bit older. And the ones that are over 30 are like, Man, just wait until you get 30. Like everything starts going downhill. I'm like, Yeah, right. I'm not going to listen to that. Everything's going to go uphill from 30. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) That's a better way to think about it, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. I would go for that.
0: (laughs) Well, like, you know, people talk. My wife works as a CNA. And so, like, with some of our friends, they'll be like, man, when I'm in a, you know, nursing home, I want you to be my CNA. You know, kidding and all that. Because she's really right. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to be the 100-year-old on the mountain. That does. There's no nursing home there.
1: Right. Well, that yeah. is actually a, a real thing that we, when we have expectations, oh, and we yeah. do. Yeah, it it really comes to uh, comes to life without even realizing it. We kind of set the stage for our years to come in so many ways in our life, and so even just being aware of how we talk about, like, just throw things out there that. Is funny, like maybe intended to be ha ha, my body's falling apart when it's not Mm -hmm. really. Um, In, yeah, in somewhere in the recesses of our mind, that is heard and noted as, yeah, that's the norm. At this
0: age, we need to start doing all the things that make us like this.
1: Yeah. And it's sort of, I think in our society, we kind of accept a certain quality of life. In accordance to our age. And so, certain things about our health, like, it's like, oh, my knees are bad because I have arthritis. Everybody, my neighbor, my sister, it's genetic. And we have all of these beliefs about what we expect our health to be like. Oh, and yeah. it actually has an impact on our actual health. It's not destined, but we are playing or creating it to a degree with our beliefs. And that's been, there's a number of different, um, studies around that and how it happens.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just to throw an example out there, my brother when he went to go get his wisdom teeth removed, um we, where we are, there's a like a research clinic nearby that will like if you qualify with the whatever parameters they're looking for, you like they'll pay you to get your wisdom teeth out instead of mm. you paying to get your wisdom teeth out. So you know, most of our family's been like, uh, get paid instead of pay. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, they like, stab you and like take all your blood and everything. But, you know. Or, you know, I got, I think I was the most experimented on out of my siblings thus far. I had to stay there for a week, but I got $1,300. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Works. <laughs> you know, I wasn't doing anything. Um. Anyways, so my brother goes in. Yeah. And he, you know, we, we'd known about some of the mindset stuff for a while. And yeah. he goes in, he's like, you know, I don't want to feel pain. You know, he's like nervous about it. And so he starts telling himself, I'm like, I'm not going to feel pain. You know, like the pain will be minimal. Or, I, I don't know exactly what he was telling himself. But he, but those type of thoughts of like, you know, the pain will be very low or I'm not going to feel pain or it's going to be very manageable. Well, he got sent home like as soon as the operation was done because, you know, after the first hour or so of um, assessment, he had no pain levels to test the what they were trying to figure out in the clinic of how the pain medicine works. Oh, so wow. He, so he literally didn't even feel enough pain to get the medicine to begin with.
1: Oh, that was what the actual study was on was the pain medication. Right. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: you know, they get the wisdom teeth out you get paid for that because they're trying to figure out, okay, how does the paid medicine work? Right. You know, what effect does it have on you? Like how effective is it? And, you know, there's the placebos in there and all that. Um, right. Yeah. And, and he didn't have enough pain to get the medicine because he told himself he wouldn't feel pain.
1: That's really interesting because um, yeah, pain is a very subjective experience Oh yeah. for sure. In fact, um, Laura Moseley, out of Australia, is kind of one of the foremost pain scientists out there. Mm-hmm. And one of his definitions—this might have changed because it's an evolving science. Um, right. One of his definitions was that pain is a perception. Mm-hmm. So he's done these really interesting research studies where um, he's actually used virtual reality. For example, this is one where he's um, given somebody you know, put the, the virtual reality experience on. So they've got the, the glasses and the ear of headsets, right? So they're in this world and they start to identify as this um, <laughs> avatar uh-huh. that, so they move, they see the avatar move, they like brush a feather, you know, the scientist like brushes, gives them some kind of feather, um, touch on their left arm and they see the avatar being touched so that they over time develop this um, sensational or sensual relationship, like of the senses with Mm -hmm. this avatar. And then they'll do this thing where then they take like a needle just in the image of the avatar. And they'll like prick the arm of the avatar, but not the actual person. And they feel pain. Wow. And what's even more wild is that when they're asked, where do you feel the pain? Often they will point like somewhere in the air out in front of them. They won't even necessarily point to their arm. What? Yeah, because but of course they're in this reality. They don't even realize, you know, they're just responding to the research prompts, So, yeah, pain is a very subjective thing. And there's so many amazing stories out there of people experiencing pain and then realizing, oh, I have no injury. Oh, and then the pain goes away immediately, their experience of it. And then vice versa, there's so much research out there of things that affect people's perception of pain. So a really common one is something like... um, often in these studies, they'll apply like a pain, a, sin- a pain um, stimulus, like co- something really cold mm-hmm. or something warm, but, you know, not to the point of actually causing any damage, it's like hot, but not too, not damaging to the skin. And people will have less pain if they're like holding the hand of a loved one, for example, mm-hmm. so that they're not alone. But also that psychological or mental preparation that you talk about your brother doing is a huge factor. So if, in fact, if people are afraid, so I was really curious about your story. I was like, so what is it gonna be? Because he's, he's, he was afraid of the pain.
0: So right. he was like,
1: he's like, has this fear. So then he psychs himself up by preparing to not feel pain mentally. So I was kind of like, so was it gonna work? Or is well, it not going to work?
0: And I think the thing is, he didn't stay in the fear. At least, you know, I haven't talked yeah. in depth about it. Obviously,
1: yeah, Otherwise, yeah, it'd yeah. It would
0: be a lot more specific. <laughs> sure. But you know, he he didn't want to feel the pain because yeah, you know, my my sister, my older sister, our older sister, and myself and. You know, we'd already gone to our Wisdom Deep Out and he was next in line. He's just like, man, like, it sounded like it hurt. And, you know, he's heard all these stories from his, you know, his peers and all this. He's yeah. Like,
1: oh, man, I got my wisdom deep out. And it's painful. Right, he heard right. that it was painful.
0: And so he says, you know, hey, I don't want to feel that pain, so I'm not going to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just an, I mean, that's really interesting. It's not obviously a study because it's an anecdote of one person's experience, but it really falls in line with a lot of the research that pain is a subjective thing. And there's, there are, when you realize that your brother, maybe not, didn't realize that that was possible, (laughs) but in fact, when you realize that there are things that you can do just like that to change your pain levels
0: well well and this might sound really weird but like my wife being a cna and like love surgery and stuff is so she'll like love to like pop the zits on my arm
1: yeah yeah <laughs> totally nurses and so I like, like she'll stuff. come over
0: and she'll be like you know and like digging in and i'll be like ow but then mm-hmm. if i was to pop the exact same zit myself i'd be like it oh, yeah, would you know there'd be a slight sensation of pain but like as soon as i lift my finger away it's gone and like it's so much less than when my wife does it and i'm just like huh it's I don't less think it's when on, she does it
1: or it, more it, when she does it it's
0: more when she does it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i i don't think it's a matter of she's using a lot more pressure i mean maybe slightly but i think it's just i'm so used to dealing with my own body and knowing when i'll be done you yeah quote-unquote administering the pain yeah to solve the problem
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. And when she's doing it, I'm like, you know, is she going to spend like five minutes on this? Is she going to be done in half a second? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What you're talking about is fear of pain and the unknown. So that is another huge factor. And that's, in fact, I think Alan Gordon in his book, A Way Out, calls it the number one factor of the, or I should say predictor of how much the pain is going to be, like the severity and how long it's going to last is the person's fear of pain. So if they have a lot of fear, chances are it's going to be more painful and it's going to last longer. And that's another thing that you can you can actually address you, with your mind. You can pay attention to that and there's ways that you can like, soften the fear and just not have that level of fear. And then therefore your pain, your experience of pain is different. Yeah.
0: It makes me curious because there's been two incidents at actually two different workplaces but you know two places I work just within the past month one I had an exacto knife and was cutting something and I like sliced my thumb yeah like right next to the thumbnail and so I'm like okay maybe that just doesn't have as much nerves but <laughs> that doesn't seem to make too much sense but like sliced it and I'm just like oh that's gonna bleed now and then like yes blood started coming out so I pinch it and go to the bathroom clean it up but it didn't really hurt yeah. And then I like pour hydrogen peroxide in it. And I'm like, isn't this supposed to hurt? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, you know, I'd scrape in my knee and it'd be yeah, it hurt so much. Yeah. But then I just barely scraped the side of my finger on my other hand, like on Saturday, and that hurt like a lot. It was just like a barely scrape. We took off a small chunk of sh- skin, and I'm just mm. like weird. Like, and there's part of me that's like, okay, is the nerves different? Is it because it was a surface area versus deep? Yeah. And you know, I get old science question-y with yeah. all science questioning, yeah, that. But it's also like, but was it just in the one spot? It kind of just shocked me instead of being like, ouch. And the other, it was like, ouch, instead of just shocking me, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's lots of different things that we could kind of. Wonder about and potential, like that, I can imagine. Um, but I think the real interesting thing is just that it isn't; it doesn't follow obvious logic always. Right. That it's right. that it's perceptive, um, uh, d- down to a perception, and affected by all these different factors. And we can't always, you know, determine exactly what all the factors are. But just knowing. That it's not a black and white issue, that it's complex and varied is what helps to get in there and help and utilize your brain, which is where perception is (laughs) and takes place to affect the experience. So, you know, if you don't want to have a bad experience around pain, there's a lot that you can do in terms of the way that you think about it. And even just like being curious is one of the best places. To start, because curiosity is a lot more uh, open than fear. Right. For example.
0: Well, to give a you know example, most people can relate with. To further that example, you know, a kid running around the playground trips, falls down. Parent comes over and says, "Oh, are you hurt?" Or, "Hey, what happened?" You know, the one is coming from more of a standpoint of fear. Right. And the others coming from a standpoint of curiosity.
1: Yeah. And I think with pain as well, um, we don't, most of us grow up with the experience of, well, I should say people have different, lots of different experiences with pain, but a, many people will relate to the experience of being a child and having pain and either like having a parent, maybe a little bit of both, like, oh, there's a cut and the parent is scared like, Oh right. crap. There's blood. Like, Oh, this is scary. And like
0: clean this up and like, is the kid going to be okay? Yeah.
1: Or? Yeah. Cause it's stressful for the parent. But then the but kid then, becomes
0: scared because of
1: that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then equally, um, Oh, it's nothing. Like deal with it. Move on. Um, don't cry. Don't fuss that kind of thing. Which
0: then leads to burying your emotions.
1: <laughs> yeah but often I think most children are af- really afraid of pain. Like something I remember being really afraid of um, something similar to your, your um, story earlier about your girlfriend. Um, like my parents taking out a splinter. Oh I remember that gosh. being, yeah. A lot of kids will oh relate to that um, as being like scary and painful and like, no, 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 no. <laughs> do you have that leave it in there for the rest of my life please it's too much yeah yeah um and it's really interesting when you look at um some stories in cultures sort of before or pre-industrial and like hunter back in the day when people were hunting and gathering and what you often find is that built into their culture into their society were like painful initiations, like physically painful where they in over time, you know, did something intentional at some point in their life to experience pain. Mm-hmm. And it's just an interesting question. I haven't actually like looked into this anthropologically or studied it, but I do find that it comes up a lot. Um, obviously like my interest is in pain. And so I kind of have that lens already, but it almost feels like a protective measure in a way. Like this is a part of life that as a human, you're going to experience pain and learning that you can and you can get through it and that you have the space and the power within you. You can develop that power in yourself to meet a painful experience and not cower, not run, but stand up to it and be brave and courageous and move through it. Like, that is a really valuable learning experience as a human that most of us never get. And that's just physical pain, but that's the same kind of thing that we can talk about that in terms of emotional pain too, because that is very much related both in terms of where it takes place in the brain, but also the experience of of, of the two are very much related as well. So right. it's just an interesting thought to think of what would happen if we actually, intentionally had a painful experience as children, like, you know, even just reading um, I'm reading the little house on the Prairie with my kids now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that book is controversial in lots of ways. I like it because it opens up really good conversation. But one of the things that it often talks about is, I mean, life was harsh at this time um, when they were living like, um, you know, uh, and they had to deal with a lot of physical <laughs> discomfort to say the least. Like they didn't have their Patagonia, you know, weatherware, uh, all-terrain weatherware through the summer and winter. They just had their leather and cotton and scratchy wool that they had to deal with. Um, and there are several instances that I notice where it's like, yeah, it hurts, but you got to deal with it And because we need wood like you got to go out even though your fingers are burning and you're it's painful you got to go out and cut the wood and you know deal with the pain and we really we I feel like we don't really have that opportunity I call it yeah. an opportunity in modern culture
0: yeah because you know most people the extent of that would be chores and if you're anything <laughs> like me growing up, you know, even though I had four siblings, the house became a mess because the parents relied on us to clean it.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we, you know, it's only been recently within like the past year or even a few months where I finally started to be like, oh, wait, if like, if something's going to happen in my life, I need to take responsibility for it, mm. despite whatever perceived pain. Mm, yeah. O- Oftentimes it's emotional. Mm-hmm. You yeah. There was somebody that I feel like I didn't hold up my end of a, you know, an arrangement that we had, and they reached out to me a couple months after this incident happened. They said, "Hey, you know, I know things didn't exactly work out exactly how we thought, but like I forgive you. Like don't worry about it, man." And I still thought like I needed to like apologize even further, and I held on to that for like six months. until my I told one of my mentors, "I'm like, yeah, this is bugging me." They're like, "Just like send him a voice message." Over Facebook, it, like you don't have to call him like you've been trying to. Like, All right, and so I like just send me a voice message to say, "Hey, thanks for forgiving me. You know, I want to make sure like we're actually cool here. Like, we're good." And he said he replies back says, "Yeah, man. Like, thanks for reaching out again. We're cool." I'm just like, dang Six months of anticipating that pain, and there was nothing.
1: Yeah. That's really and that is actually what you mentioned there that is actually a huge cause of physical pain yeah. that like stewing emotions that we sit and we ruminate on because um you said a couple things in there that I like just want to draw out because it was really good like first of all just this thing of realizing that you are responsible for getting something done. And I think all of us have that realization, like much later than we think we should. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, totally. Like for me, I think in my thirties, I was like, right. So I'm the magic fairy that needs to change the toilet paper roll all the time and make sure that right. it doesn't go out or something like this. You right. know, I'm the one who. Oh, that's me. And it's but, actually the same. going to
0: do this for me? I have yeah, to run my business. All oh, right, right, <laughs>
1: right. We really, it's really amazing though that we have that, and I think that yeah. it comes we, down we to a,
0: the magic fairy or the magic. The magic fairy, or the or, You know, the whatever is going to poof and everything's going to be
1: better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true for a lot of people. And, and it really is kind of, oh, a lot of realizations. Yeah, can um I
0: interject a thought here. Yeah, do. Finishes? I, you know, I just mentioned I had this realization like, oh, I'm the one responsible. And I've been waiting for like some amazing person to come in and like, help me figure out what in the world I'm doing. Well, when I started actually moving forward and like taking responsibility and, you know, pressing forward despite the discomfort, now there's been people showing up that I'm just like, dude, like you were the person I was waiting for. But now that I'm moving, you're here. Mm-hmm. And I got thinking, they got me thinking about, you know, like the hero's journey. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the heroes don't encounter the mentors until they start.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. And and often that is, that is a big thing with pain because it's, you know, movement is really the basis of life. Life is movement. Mm-hmm. And the opposite of movement is stagnation, being stuck, whether that is emotionally, mentally, or physically. And this thing of ruminating on a thought or like sitting with an idea that you want to fulfill or that you want to act on, but you feel stuck or uh, you, want, and like you want to reach out to a friend and communicate to them, but you feel stuck. Stuck around it for some reason you can't like see your way through it you keep coming back to that thought over and over and over again like if you just think about that mo- movement of your thoughts it's cyclical it, it keeps coming back to the same place and, and like it's
0: going down
1: down what do you mean
0: like it's cyclical but in a spiral like spiraling down. down right and we can have other cyclical patterns going up
1: Okay. I see what you mean. Like going, spiraling down into like- um,
0: With like rumination. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Or moving up and forward or up and out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you feel like there are other things that are coming in and feeding. So that like kind of upward spiral is more like um, being open to input Mm -hmm. and like other things are coming in and building and you're building off of- other movements, other input. Yeah. But the the thing of um, movement and in terms of like being stuck or um, having pain in your body. And this is an interesting thing because a lot of people with pain or when they are stuck, it's like the hardest time to move and it's when you need it the most, Just right?
0: Like going to the gym.
1: Exactly
0: yeah uh, the, here's the crazy thing i think a lot of my finally deciding to take charge of my life and push through without thought of ouch this hurts is when i started going to the gym back about six months ago right and i and because that was when i actually first started being like oh yeah this hurts but oh well i'm doing it because i know it's going to do me better and mm. then i started doing that in other areas of my life i'm sorry mm. it's great how have i been missing out on this all my life
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, sometimes just making that change that is
0: in, in one area,
1: in, in one area, and I like that you're able to kind of see that reflected in other areas of your life, or how it can, you know, nourish the whole picture and not just this one, the fitness factor, but yeah. all these other parts of your life. It can kind of create momentum in those other ways too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, and if I could go deep here a little bit on that last piece, we're talking about the spiraling. Yeah. Um. Let's say somebody hands you a jetpack, and you're falling. You never turn it on. It's just gonna help you go down faster with more weight. Well, yeah, the nerds are like, actually, you have the critical velocity. Anyways, you'll hit with more weight. Or if you're like going down in a mine cart, you'll like go down faster. But if you actually attach it to the mine cart or attach it to yourself and turn it on, then you'll start going up. But yeah, it becomes weight if we're not using it. And that same idea applies with inspiration and ideas and ways where we want to express ourselves and, you know, share our gifts with the world. If we don't use them, it just becomes weight. But if we use them, then it becomes this thing that helps lift us. And so a lack of expression leads to depression.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and there's definitely a relationship there in terms of um, that the expression of oneself or not having access to expression of yourself is painful. Yeah. You know, if you're here feeling like you're not really able to live as you are, whether that's in terms of what you're doing or how you're being with other people or both, right? Even if you aren't fully aware of that, it's like sometimes you can be, sometimes you can know and have a conscious awareness. Oh, I'm not actually doing what I want to do or I feel frustrated and stuck. And sometimes it's not always so obvious and that's a process of discovery as well. Like, yeah. um, But either way, it is a kind of stagnation of your expression of yourself, and it can be painful in on the level of you know your subconscious. And what's really interesting about that is, you know, we often experience it as um, if we're aware of it. We often experience it as a thought, and every thought that we have is expressed in our physical body so like in our muscles right it has an effect so if we're like thinking that we should be doing something but maybe we're afraid of doing it or we're uncertain that we're capable of doing it then that will create a physical tension in your muscles and in you know we've got lots of muscles so it could be anywhere But a lot of people, the most common areas where this shows up is like across the chest, in the shoulders, in your jaw. Often people like notorious for like getting um, jaw tension and grinding their teeth at night. Um, So like unexpressed tension that needs an exit route or an expression instead kind of gets bound up in our muscles. And this is the connection for, this is... um. This is one connection just to kind of because a lot of people struggle to understand how emotional repression or struggling with certain aspects of your life, how that plays out and becomes physical.
0: Right.
1: And that is just one kind of more direct route as to how it often happens. But we don't often feel the physical tension, partly because we're so wrapped up in our thinking around what's lacking or what we're struggling with but also because i mean have you ever had that experience where you like get to the end of the day and you're like dang my shoulders are so tight or like oh my gosh or... yeah something yeah and you didn't even realize and yet that has been you you realize that they're tight And that there's tension there or you get a massage and you're like, whoa, that's sore. Yeah. Right. And you didn't even realize it.
0: (laughs) My wife just got a massage gun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) wow.
0: Holy cow, my legs are tight.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So that is a really good piece of information. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why I'm carrying all that tension there. I wonder what's going on with myself internally that I'm carrying. I'm carrying tension. It's a, it's a point. It's a point of um, open curiosity. It's like, oh, is that is that something to just be curious about? Mm-hmm. Because the way that the the way that the mind works is that like everything that you do is a habit, whether we realize it or not. Just because our brain it's like that's the path of least resistance oh i don't need to learn each time how to pick up a cup and drink water i can just put that into my memory and it can be a habit right
0: i don't have to learn every single time how to reach around the side of the desk grab the lighter from over there Cool it out, light my candles so that the room smells nicer, and how long to hold it there. I don't have yeah. to consciously think about that every single yeah. time. It's just an action that takes less than five seconds.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the way that your brain controls your muscles by habit means that it has this like uh, setting for f- mm-hmm. what is normal and what is familiar. And that setting that your brain has can change over time, does change, but also it can be set to a level of tension that is unnecessary. So your brain can think that tense shoulder muscles is normal, and then it will just hold your shoulder muscles in that place. I'm just using shoulder muscles because that's really common.
0: Right.
1: And you won't even feel it because to you, it's just normal until you have the experience of it being changed or relaxing. And there's lots of different ways that you can experience that. And then like, oh, wow. Oh, I noticed a difference there. And then that's when it becomes kind of like awake and live in your nervous system. Otherwise it's invisible and we can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. Yeah. Right. So that's just one example of how certain aspects of our mental and emotional selves affect our physical self. Yeah. In ways that we don't always realize. Because it's hard to, it's really hard to feel. And in many ways we can't.
0: Well, and you know, some people may consider this TMI, but I do find it fascinating. Our bodies will, if we're anticipating some uncomfortable event in like the next five minutes, the brain will be like, it was a great time to empty the bladder.
1: Oh, yeah. that Well, that's a bit of um, fear uh, um, f- uh, flight. Right. Right? Because it's like, need to get rid of stuff and deal with something it, more um, threatening.
0: Right. So it's that we like, can
1: deal with it. Well,
0: if I can weasel my way out of this by, oh, right use bathroom who's gonna get mad at me for that people that know the information i just shared <laughs> they won't get mad they'll just be like i see what you did there yeah
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's a physiological response to a mental and emotional um experience right. or state like <laughs> go ahead
0: i was just gonna say are you familiar with uh heal your body by louise hay yeah totally okay i figured you would be yeah so i think it's interesting though that you're talking about you know People find it super common, like, oh yeah, my shoulders are tight. And like you mentioned, like, oh yeah, and the experience throughout the day, and, like, your shoulders get tight. And they can like follow that line. But I pulled that out at work once, um I think because I needed to reference something, or maybe the topic just went there. And one of my coworkers is like reading through it. was like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, this causes this. Yeah, sure, whatever. And I'm just like, not ready to accept the uh, responsibility for their emotions. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a tricky one. Or, or, or
0: accept, you know, this new insight. You know, yeah. There, yeah. There was a lot there that was happening, but I'm like, not ready for this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are not ready for Louise Hale. say. She's pretty out there for a lot of people, yeah. for sure. But she has a lot of wonderful things to say about self-love and self-acceptance, um, regardless of whether or not people quote, buy into her, um, suggestions as to what causes what, you know, she has like a, a list of symptoms and, and, and causes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like, yeah, she has a lot of wonderful things to say about how you focus your mind when it comes to thinking about yourself, which is what you started with, you know, talking about in terms of that mental uh, awareness in terms of your friends kind of like saying, Oh, I'm going to be terrible when I'm older. It's just going to get worse. You know, that, that kind of thing. Right. But she has a lot of good stuff to say about that.
0: Yeah. Well, and another example of storing emotions within us that, that affects us physically. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had Manisha Terry, Tari, Tari, uh, I pronounced her name good in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. So listeners can go find that. But what happened there is um, she's a somatic healer and like helps people, you know, with their body to do that kind of stuff. And we got talking about how an experience I had with my parents seven years ago mm-hmm. affected my voice because I felt like I was shut down and basically had a hand clamped over my throat. And You know, I started working through it as I was there in the episode with her. And then at the end of it, and, you know, even just after a couple of seconds, not having fully released that emotion and taken care of it and processed it, my voice was already sounding better
1: Mm
0: -hmm. because there was less tension there.
1: Yes. It's like, it's so not that difficult to understand these relationships when you spend a, when you just like dip your toe in to self-awareness yeah. in your body, because it sounds wild and crazy to think that something in your throat would come from a, a conversation that you had with your parents, like in like a physical issue in right. your throat or that back pain would result from worry about, you know, stuff that's going on with your finances, for example. Like, it seems like, what? No, it's my muscles. It's my spine. It's my Or that your liver would have
0: anything to do with anger or... Yeah,
1: right. It seems for a lot of, so many of us. And I mean, I know for myself, it was like a big moment of uh, having to challenge a lot of the norm that we're brought up to think, you know, that we just except as this is the medical model of how things work. The mind is separate than the body, but then there are other ways that we accept these relationships. Like we all accept the fact that when we're nervous, we feel get butterflies in our tummy and our palms get sweaty. And when we're embarrassed, we have these physiological like reactions like of getting. Oh, brushed. you like her. You like her. You're blushing? <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Exactly, and so it's and we don't say like that's you know, we know without a doubt that there's a relationship between the what we're thinking and feeling and what's happening in our body yeah. and and just but, as but you say
0: further without giving that contextual road yeah. to pave the head, then they're just like, Are you crazy?
1: Yeah, and that contextual road is simply. Dipping your toe into self awareness with just p- simply paying attention to, and you might have done this on the podcast simply paying attention to what is it that I'm thinking? What is it that's on my mind? How does that make me feel in my body? And often, often just following that line of thought, um, you'll find so much information if you give yourself five, 10 minutes to just ask that question. And, and it's, it, it is just a matter of a little bit of experience. You know, you don't have to be some amazing black belt in emotional intelligence, just a little bit of experience to see and feel your own body and feel your own experience. Like this is what I love about these ideas is to feel your experience rather than in, be always intellectualizing about it. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out the root cause in my brain, but just to actually like come down and feel your body feel an emotion. Yeah.
0: And I'd done what you just described for years of doing it all in my head.
1: Yeah. That's what and we're for, taught.
0: Years, It was just like, Oh yeah. Like, um, And even after I got into self-development and personal Mm. ministry, you know, it was like, I can do this on my head.
1: Yeah. And so
0: recently, I think the first place that I was really introduced to it was a podcast talking about breaking bad habits. So they're like, okay, you got to feel the triggers, feel the stimulus, actually just sit with it. Mm -hmm. You're safe sitting with those urges. Yeah. And like, when I first heard that, I was like, that sounds dangerous. But like, they said, it's okay. So like but I never did really did anything with it and then I had a podcast episode with Daniel Adams um just you know another couple of weeks ago and he was like yeah to improve your profitability in your life you need to feel the sensations in your body you know recognize and acknowledge your emotions and add value and I'm like okay I've heard this before already but now this is in a positive light so I listen more. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you a story. Um, I was working with somebody who had chronic neck pain and uh, had even had surgery on it to quote unquote, fix it mm-hmm. and still had debilitating pain to the point where it was hard to even go shopping because they the pain could come on so strongly that it would kind of uh, debilitate their mental function, and they would get scared and lightheaded and really struggle. And um, so we have this one session where we just went through this process of sitting with the sensations that came up, just literally feeling sensations. And if you allow yourself the opportunity, you can actually feel an emotion in the same not exactly the same way, but in a similar way that you can feel like the clothing touching your skin. Like we don't feel our clothing consciously, but if you tune into it, you can feel it here and there. You can feel its presence if you pay attention to it. Right.
0: And you're talking about kind of how like feeling joy kind of like gives that lifting around the heart area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can feel it and and the way to go into it um, and and make it even more apparent to you or clear to you is to describe it. Describe How would you describe what you're feeling in this kind of vague nebulous thing inside of you? Where Where is it? Like, oh, it's in my sort of something I feel like kind of tingling in the left side of my abdomen. And then, well, how big is it? Does it have depth? Is it two-dimensional? Is it like, Round. Can you describe it for yourself? And so we're bringing language to something that is kind of preverbal, and that helps us to identify it by using language that helps us to anchor in and connect to it. Yeah.
0: Okay, I just connected more dots there. Yeah, because I'd heard the like this exact same thing you're saying here is kind of how this podcast was describing it. Like, okay, like you know, what is does what this urge feel like? What you know what does these emotions feel like? You describe it as if you were talking to an alien that had, yeah, about human physiology.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, because it's helping you to anchor for yourself in a way that you understand. Like, we understand words and language on a certain level, yeah. Yeah. and you you so understand,
0: you know, the color blue, or yeah, you know, the color this, or the feel of that. And yeah, you know, obviously, there's people that have you know, sensory deprivation that not everyone understands what that is. Yeah, but sure. The majority of people can understand at least, you know, okay, what's the texture of wood? What's the texture of metal? What's yeah,
1: we kind of have, yeah. So it's taking things of in the sensual world, the senses, and bringing them into verbal world or verbal context. And so it's like a translation, but it helps us to clarify and identify what it is that we're feeling. And after doing that for a time, you start to maybe not need to do that so much or take such a long amount of time to really describe it for yourself, but to, you you kind of feel it more fully immediately. And like a great practice is to, to actually write it down again, like anchoring it in identifying, because that's another level of translating, not just in your mind, but actually on paper. And um, what did sort of reviewing? Like, what did you experience? What were the what, what was the sensation that came up for you? So the back to this story, I was working through this process with this woman, and part of it is also radical acceptance. Because radical acceptance is basically accepting the entirety of your experience. So that means accepting all of the things that you experience, whether it's good, bad, enjoyable, crappy because we can't change the way that we perceive the world in the sense that we can't take a thought and make it go away. Um, We can choose how we react to our experience, but we can't change our immediate experience. So we can choose how we react to what we perceive, but we can't change what we perceive. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. So basically you can't change the immediate first perception, but you can change your interpretation of it.
1: Yeah. Which is another way of saying we can't change who we are because we all are perceiving beings. That's what we are as humans. Uh, We perceive the world. and We can't change who we are, but we can change how we react right, to what we perceive and what comes up for us so through this process of feeling sensing and then just being present with it so as you describe it it's a that's a wonderful way to just be present with it it's like it it's a practice of being present right just describing it getting clear on it going into it you're being present with it by doing that And so that's a practice of being present with yourself. Well, when you're able to actually be fully present with yourself and everything that you're experiencing, fear, uh, joy, uh, hatred of somebody, like all the things, like even if you have pain and you're like, I hate that pain, can you accept the fact that you hate that pain? Is that okay to have un? quote, nice feelings as well as all the things that we might want to feel and if but you can I have
0: to be a good
1: boy I can't... exactly right yeah so if you're able to be present with all of that that on the level of your subconscious is communicating acceptance that's the practice of, of self acceptance being present with all of who you are, which is all of what you experience.
0: I just came up with a gold nugget here. Um, So I'm a nerd. So I've been watching Stargate SG-1 with my wife. And in one of the episodes, um, I'll try and make this as simple as possible, but basically this kid is born with a bunch of evil memories because of circumstances in the show because he had some interactions with aliens. So this kid's born with a bunch of evil memories, and then he gets this awesome teacher that tells him, the only way to beat these enemies that are literally in your head is to deny them battle.
1: Deny them battle?
0: Basically, don't fight it.
1: Right, 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 yeah.
0: You just have to... And in that case, it was like, you know, basically forgetting it. But you know, for us, we're talking about, okay, yeah, except that it's there. Stop yeah. fighting it. Yeah. You know, the only way to win against yourself is to deny yourself battle. Yeah. Stop fighting stop yourself. Stop fighting yourself. Like it's not helping.
1: Yeah. 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 So this, this person, um, that I was working with, we went through this process and, um, she was just sitting there in a chair. She wasn't doing anything physical. She was just sitting there with her eyes closed, going through this process as I was walking her through it. And then afterwards, I was like, well, you know, as I always do share, it. can you share it with me your experience? How was it? And she said, basically what happened was at the beginning, there was this intense tightness and pain in her neck that was really intense. Um, the kind that kind of make her, yeah, just a little bit like I have to lie down. I can't really stand because it's too, too painful, a little bit overwhelming on our system. Anyway, we just didn't try to make the pain go away. Didn't try to make it stretch it away or move it away or do anything. Just be with the sensation of it, accept the experience of it, describe it for yourself. And then all of the other things that might be present, like, so not just the painful sensations, but also other sensations, also emotions that may come up all the things anyway so she described this pain kind of intensifying and getting smaller and smaller and this i just what i'm describing is what people often uh experience Mm -hmm. describe the pain getting smaller and smaller and more kind of intense in one area i'm like like localized okay concentrating yeah that's a good word for it yeah concentrated and then she described this moment where it felt like barbed wire kind of in her neck in that area. And then it just fell away entirely. And this like warmth entered into her body and her, this area in particular, and this, her shoulders softened. And she felt this like release of this intense tension that she had been feeling. Through the process of just practicing presence and acceptance with what she was feeling.
0: The programs society gives us as we grow up usually aren't all that great. Usually are what? Said the programs that society gives us as we grow up usually aren't all that great.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, can you imagine? That's a
0: pretty, as you're describing it, I'm like starting to feel a little bit of tension in my neck. I'm like, okay, it's not my pain. <laughs> you know, I know I have some there, but I'm like, you know, the one, the pain that's being there now is not mine. Like, I, I can let that go. I don't have to empathically feel that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's a wild idea to think that the way out of pain is through it. Yeah. And to to move it's almost toward okay. it.
0: It's not around it. It's right not under it. It's through it.
1: Yeah, which I think that applies to a lot of different areas of life. And I think the the thing that's so wonderful about that is this is the difference between pain and suffering, right? That we can experience pain because we're human, and that's a part of life. Pain on different levels, and that it's it doesn't have to cause us suffering because we can learn how to move through it. And that's back to that movement idea that movement is life. And it's like being stuck in pain and fear and worry and whatever else we kind of keep circling back to or finding a way to move through it and forward with our life.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to remember there's this amazing book that's all about words by my friend Kevin Hall, called "Aspire: Discovering Your Purpose Through Power of Words," and he, in the entirety of his book, which is around 200 or maybe 300 pages, he covers 11 words, just 11. And in the second chapter, he's talking about being a pathfinder. He talks about the word "path," and I'm trying to remember what "path" means. Mm-hmm. I don't want to screw it up because it's significant. You know, I remember passion, but I'm trying to remember path. And I think path might mean like a sacred sacrifice or sacred suffering or something like that because mm. you pathogens. And so I think to an extent path means to suffer, but in a good sense of the word.
1: Yeah. Sometimes when we move through pain. We have to what would what what was the one one of the definitions that you said? Sacrifice. We have to sacrifice something that we're holding on to. Yeah. We have to sacrifice being like right guilt. Huh?
0: Being right sometimes.
1: Being right. We have to sacrifice being right. Or we have to sacrifice guilt that or we shame. hold on to or shame. We have to let things go. We have to sacrifice. Revenge. Um. Yeah, a denial of some aspect of who we are. I mean, we have to. That's often like, oh wow, I have to let that go, and we've become attached to it. And so, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. I can see that. That's interesting. What um, What book was that?
0: It's Aspire by Kevin Hall.
1: Okay. It's, cool.
0: I'm a word geek, so. I just love it.
1: hit your sweet spot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But it's so good. It really helps you understand what you're saying. better. Mm. And you, you were talking about, you know, describing your emotions as, you know, verbally. And so the better you can understand what you're actually saying, the better you can actually describe it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I just found out the other day that bougie means either you're super wealthy or pretending to be wealthy, which Mm -hmm. I kind of knew, but I looked it up and was like, oh, yeah, that's what that means. It's like either you're really wealthy or you're pretending to be wealthy.
1: Mm. (laughs) That's a new one for me. Because it translates,
0: I think, from the French of middle and upper class. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: But like, you know, as we understand things more we understand things more
1: exactly you have an embodied understanding of it where it's like i i know what this means it's it's in my body now
0: tastes like
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it's It's a different experience
0: you can't describe yeah but you can understand it once you've experienced it yeah well you can describe words obviously
1: which is why you have to go through the experience
0: Mm -hmm. Mm you have to go through the pain yeah yeah and oh i was thinking of this earlier because i was holding something heavy and it got me thinking a glass of water is not heavy but it is and this one teacher you know i heard this story years ago but this teacher gets up in his classroom and says okay class is this glass of water heavy and they're like no He it's a small glass of water Says okay, well, you. and He calls a student up. Says here, you hold this here, and you know, have your arm outstretched. Is that heavy? He says nah. And he says okay, we'll keep holding it. And he waits a minute. He says okay, is that heavy now? He's like it's starting to get heavy. And then they wait another two minutes, and it's been three minutes. Says okay, is that heavy now? He's like yeah, this is starting to get really heavy. <laughs> he says how about if you held that for an hour? He's like uh-uh. He sets it down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we do the same thing with our emotions. Mm-hmm. We're not willing to just accept that they are. We like or we're we're trying to
1: hold them away from us. Mm, Completely Mm -hmm. hold them at bay Mm -hmm.
0: or down. mm -hmm.
1: It is exhausting because it, it takes effort. Yeah. It takes mental effort and it actually takes muscular effort. I mean, literally that is your muscles will tighten and tense around difficult emotions. If you, um, if you are, if you're like constantly keeping them at bay or constantly pushing them away. It, yeah, it, it takes and energy. Get,
0: and it'll get to the point if it's too much for your body, it'll start protecting itself by wrapping it up in fat cells.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's another level of the physiology that, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll just leave that one there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes on with emotions in our body that we are just learning. And the more that we, like as individuals can go through that process that, that um, you're talking about of being present with our emotions, the more we'll understand it from an experiential level. And I think that's the most important thing that it's not just these ideas and this theory and this like science paper that you can read about from somebody at Harvard, but that you actually have the experience of the real day-to-day effects in your own life.
0: And, yeah. and on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's not just some woo-woo guy from you know, you know Cameroon or wherever saying, "Hey, uh, like, yeah,
1: this,
0: this thing in, like you, your spleen holds this emotion and your liver holds anger." It's, yeah, you know, it, it's it's applicable. It, oh I yeah, like I can mention the fat bit because I discovered when I started going to the gym that I was about twenty-four percent body fat. It's was like, excuse me. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know. I developed habits physically that were not helping me and I Mm. had emotions that I needed to take care of.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical movement helps emotional movement. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Which is why you can burn fat when you work out because you're also
1: emotionally moving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not uh, woo-woo science. It's It is like being this is the these are the findings of the you know the um highest levels of science in neuroscience and pain science and even in psychology i mean this is what we're learning about
0: and it's everyday applicable science it's everyday testable science Mm. you know they've done the stuff in the lab to prove that it's real but you can test it yourself
1: yeah exactly that's the, that's the trick. <laughs> so tell all your listeners to go test it themselves and see what the effects are. <laughs> Get back to you. <laughs> pull, up your
0: altar, pull up your couch. Pull, you know, I don't know if a bed's necessarily the best idea. You might fall asleep. <laughs> but, you know, sit with your emotions for five minutes. You know, when yeah. the first time you were actually bored. Right. Put your phone in the other room.
1: Right. You know,
0: make sure you have five minutes so you don't need to be doing something. And sit with the emotions, and say, okay, what am I experiencing? A lot of people, even without a seen for one minute or 30 seconds, is really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And that's and part of the, the power. That's part of the power. Like every time you sit through that, you're like adding to your power as a human on this earth. Like you are you're uh, like flexing that muscle, as it were, to mm-hmm. to be present with yourself. And it is like if you're actually able to do that and you give yourself that that time, it's cathartic. It's like it feels really good. And even if at first it feels really bad, <laughs> which often a lot of people experience, if you're able to push through that initial crap, this sucks, I want to run away and just stay with it. And breathe through it, not forcefully stay with it. Like don't like clench your fists and tighten yourself and be like, I'm going to do it no matter what. But if you can stay soft in yourself through it and like imagine yourself as this like conduit, um, which needs to be open and soft and curious. And if you can stay in that kind of place in your mind, and your body, you will leave feeling powerful. And it's like the best a hit ever because all of these endorphins get released in your in your body as well. So there's okay. so many like benefits. There's immediate benefits, there's long term benefits. I mean, it's so good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, well and the other thing to call attention to is it's not like you're going to sit there for an hour the first time. You know, that's yeah. like 400 pounds the first time. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. <laughs> right. Unless you yeah. practiced and you've built up yeah. to it. Five minutes is a great start. Yeah. It's like pulling out five. Yeah, it's like pulling out five pounds. Totally. <laughs> and, you know, you do a little bit here and there. You do your, you know, 10 reps and then you're good. And then you do it the next day. You do your 10 reps. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe after a week or a couple of weeks, you upgrade to 10 minutes, 10 pounds and you do 10 reps. And, Totally. It's just like going to the gym and, you know, yeah. maybe we need to use a different example for people who loathe the gym or maybe you just need to go to the gym. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. I, I I used to think that gyms were dumb. And mm-hmm. then I, my work said, hey, we'll pay for you to go. if You'll go three times a week. I said, okay, let's go. And I start going. And I'm just like, why have I not been going? This is incredible.
1: That's cool. That's a nice perk.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's nice things. But, you know, at this point, I'm moving on from that workplace. And so, you know, I'm going to have to be paying for the membership, but it's totally worth it. And bonus, mm-hmm. my wife's coming too now. So that'll be fun.
1: Really good. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, it It's not hard. It's simple. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. And it isn't, isn't it? It's simple. And that's the trick of it is that the answers are actually really simple. Like the answer is just to sit with yourself and be present with what you experience. And that's so simple. The answer is just to start moving your body. And it's so simple, whether you go to the gym or you go for a walk or whatever. And yet, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's really hard. And the the reason that it's hard is that it feels hard before you do it, because there's trepidation because it feels scary, like to your system, like your subconscious is like, "Don't mess with me. Like I've got things fine. Don't mess with the way things are. And it's super strong and it's super serious it,
0: and oftentimes it's well justified in totally saying, don't mess with me. Because until we actually start to learn things and pay attention, the only adjustments to the programs we've done have made it worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so that's such an important point to to know that your subconscious is not working against you. It's working to serve you. And it's up to us to be like, okay, it's this is difficult for me and that's okay. There's a reason I don't have to know what it is. I just have to go through this acceptance of the fact that I experience it as difficult. And when you kind of allow for that, it's okay that it's difficult. This seemingly simple thing, it like the resistance or the tension or the blame that you had on yourself when you can release that creates so much space. It's like, oh, thank goodness. Like it changes your experience immediately, just being able to accept these little things. That are actually really big.
0: Yeah. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I had this conversation that I've been putting off. It was honestly a year. It was six months after the thing happened that he, you know, said, Hey, I forgive you. And that was another six months after he said, I forgive you for me to actually accept that and, you know, make sure that we are actually good. Yeah. And as soon as I was done with sending that message, I'm like, Okay, cool. It's in his court now, whatever it is is whatever. I'm good now. And he sends his message back and it's, you know, super awesome. And I'm like, sweet, like great.
1: Yeah. And the act of sending the message was really simple.
0: Yeah. It was ridiculously simple.
1: Yeah. But it was really hard to reach the point where you could do it and like took a lot of time or figuring. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. That's a great point. And, and I bet you that the writing was also not that painful.
0: Well, well and it, it was a voice message, so you know I was just expressing. Okay. you know a little bit more inflection. In, yeah, inflection. Is that inflection about it, or yeah, there, there, there was yeah. more? You know, there was substance to yeah than just writing, just text.
1: Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. So the um, the suffering is in the before of being like all the thoughts, that's the suffering. And the pain is like, I'm going to face this. And it's hard. It's a bit painful to take responsibility or say something that's difficult, but it's actually easier than living with the suffering and not doing it and avoiding it. And that's the thing that's, you can only get that through experience. I mean, you can only understand that really through experience. And and I encourage any listeners to explore that with something simple. Like, I don't know, maybe that would be going to the gym <laughs> or something along those lines. Like just something simple. Just see, just experiment. While,
0: you know, picking yeah. a couple cans of beans and using to those. <laughs> something yeah like 16 ounces means it's a pound okay great. to get the
1: experience right because that's how we learn through experience and that's what that's like that's what we're here to do we're here to have experience and and learn through it so yeah
0: yeah. so much more we could add here yeah but it's simple yeah it's our perception that makes it hard yeah yeah
1: this is true and
0: if you mm-hmm. change your perception to i can do hard things and all of a sudden you
1: got it mm-hmm. yeah definitely mm-hmm.
0: and you just need to figure out the next step
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I mean there was another thing that happened just this weekend that i know could turn into a similar instance and i'm like okay i would rather resolve that now rather than wait a year
1: right yeah brilliant There's that's a brilliant human mind
0: I'm still like, okay, I'm embarrassed about, you know, I felt like I fell through, but okay, own up to it rather than just suffer with it.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Definitely.
0: Because either the other person's going to forget or they're just going to build resentment. So it's either helping them or, you know, they're just going to be fine without it. But I'm not, you know, i I would rather take care of me and get that taken care of for me and maybe help them rather than, you know, maybe not affect them and not make me embarrassed and sit with it for forever.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely better to get it moving. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, I had this experience and I'm going to choose it again, or I'm going to choose moving through it more quickly. And you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you know,
0: Even right now, having just expressed I want to move through it, I'm still like, okay, like, what do I say? Because I feel like I screwed up. And, Mm. you know, there's all these reasons I can use to justify it. Mm. But at the end of the day, it was me who decided to not show up for this instance.
1: Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's easier just to take responsibility.
0: And like and be like oh hey like i was super busy and blah blah, 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 blah yeah blah, 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 yeah blah, and like built up this huge
1: like, yeah. pile of reasons and excuses yeah so <laughs> simple just be like yeah exactly just sorry dude
0: <sighs> right sorry.
1: Sorry. sorry my bad i
0: didn't show up like you know yeah sorry reasons but i didn't show up and that's the fact and yeah all
1: right yeah 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 totally yeah
0: that feels better so much better on the other side so you know yeah it's
1: cathartic and you feel more powerful (laughs) yeah if we could all just do that in the world and all of our world leaders could do that as well then the world would be a different place
0: well the (laughs) thing is it starts with us
1: yeah true
0: Mm -hmm. we can look at the world leaders and point fingers and blame and then that way we feel relaxed and just i'm not influencing the world scale and then you know i come over here i'm like Wow, you really aren't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but everybody is. That's the be, be, thing. Because yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. It starts. I could with us.
0: say this. I say the same thing to myself. And you know, right. I, I work on making sure I'm influencing in a good way. But everyone is. If yeah. you're doing nothing, you're influencing the world to do nothing. If you're doing something, yeah. you're influencing the world to do something.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm. invite
0: people to do something, and I invite that something to be positive. Mm. for the betterment of you know, humanity.
1: It's a great message. I get passionate.
0: <laughs> Passion is related to path. Passion mm. means that which you love that you're willing to suffer for. Mm. That's where, that's when it was invented at least. Mm. I didn't, I'm passionate about helping humanity and I'm willing to suffer for that. Even if it means it's painful at times.
1: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's I cool. To help. Mm. <laughs> I like that.
0: All right. Well, we could keep talking for hours here, but I feel like it's about time we wrap this one up. What do you think, Molly?
1: Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for being on. For those interested in finding out how they can work with you, where can they find you at?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So they can find me at move to nourish.com. That's my website. And that's aTO. You can find me on Instagram and that's the same except it's the number two move to nourish. hash that's the what do you call it handle. Mm-hmm. Um, And and the gist of that is basically like movement isn't necessarily um about your muscles. it's about moving all different aspects of yourself. And that movement is about nourishing your mind, your body, and your spirit, not just getting strong muscles. (laughs) It's like a holistic perspective on movement. Um, And also, um, yeah, those are the places where they can find me. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And I'll make sure to get those in the show notes.
1: Great.
0: I I could go on a deep dive about movement because- my coworker, who's really philosophical who was talking with me and then I had some thoughts. And I think I said these thoughts in a different episode a few weeks back. So if you want to know those thoughts, I talked about the ether and gravity. Go listen to all the episodes of this season. It's on there somewhere.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> um,
0: well, again, thank you very much for being on today, Molly. And any last thoughts you'd share with the listeners before we sign off? Uh,
1: I think just that thought about it's simple and yet it's hard and that's okay. okay that's an okay um experience to have
0: i think that's amazing again thank you and for the listeners remember you can rewrite your stars you know, start moving be that your physical body be that of your emotional body be it your mental body be it your spiritual body start moving get into move start that upward spiral going up you know turn that jetpack on instead of just having it weigh you down you can and we'll see you next week thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today I hope that you've been able to gain that missing piece or get that gold nugget you've been needing to continue rewriting your life how you want it to look. Until next time, I'm Benjamin Fincher, helping you to rewrite your stars.